0: everyone. This is Sherilyn from Drug Dealing Bookers. We are in our first week of our newest book we're reading. It's called In the Red by author Dina Santorelli. Hopefully you guys are following along. Um, this is supposed to be a thriller, which if you know anything about me so far, you know that thrillers, mysteries, psychological thrillers, um, true crime novels, that is my favorite uh, type of books to read. So I'm hoping to branch out at some point, but I struggle. Uh, I listen to crime podcasts all day. So um, one of these days, maybe I'll look at other things, but that's just kind of where my interests lie. So this author has actually been talking to us a bunch on Instagram, um, and just been super warm and inviting and been really looking forward to reading her books. I am only, I'm going to be honest, I'm only like 10% in, um, that's just because I had weddings and a bunch of stuff going on. But, um, so far, <laughs> so far compared to our last book, which we, the last book we read was The Power by Naomi Alderman, um, that book, if you listened to our last podcast, No matter how brilliant the plot was, it was painful to read. The dialogue was choppy um, and really kind of struggled with keeping focused. This book so far is just a breath of fresh air. And I don't know, like I said, if that's in contrast to how painful the last one was. But so far, um, I really like her development of the characters. I kind of like the mystery of what's going on. It's a kind of a crime and everybody's investigating it. Um, So, so far I'm pretty pleased with it and I'll have more insight as I get farther into the book. But I thought what I would start with is by reading the first chapter to see if I can pique some people's interest in maybe joining us as we read it. So here we go. Kirk Stryker stared out his office window at the two little girls holding hands and skipping along the village sidewalk. The evening sky was a deep red with swirls of color soaking the large canvas of clouds and casting both a beautiful and an ominous glow on their freckled faces and auburn hair. All along Lakeshore Avenue, Gardenia was closing up for the day. The shopkeepers sweeping their storefronts and depositing the day's trash at the curb for the morning rounds. It had been a mild winter following a devastating hurricane last fall, but those days of no electricity and lengthy gas station lines had been long forgotten as the days passed and the temperatures rose. Spring was in the air once again on Long Island, light jackets and baseball caps replacing the parkas and wool hats, lengthier conversations replacing the quick hellos and goodbyes. Stryker could see the proprietor of the fruit market down the way chatting amiably with someone walking a dog and Mayor Barbara Gottlieb having a heart-to-heart with a few constituents as she descended the steps of Village Hall constituents. Apologize. <laughs> Few constituents as she descended the steps of Village Hall. Unlike those of his business neighbors, Stryker's night was far from over. Another sign that spring had arrived. Tax season was in full swing. He hadn't made it home before 10 p.m. in weeks. Such was the life of a certified public accountant, he thought. April was the cruelest month. His eyes settled on the stone building across the intersection where Marty Benning had opened his accounting practice two years earlier, waltzing into Gardenia like a gunman in an old western town with his eye on the stagecoach. The firms faced each other like boxers about to square off in a ring. A young couple strolling down Lakeshore peered inside the dark windows of Benning's building. The guy hadn't been around lately, which was both strange and bad business. What are you up to, Benning? Stryker mumbled as the red, white, and blue pennant flags in front of his building caught the evening wind, tingling themselves around a street lamp. He imagined them wrapping their laminated nylon around Benning's neck. He stepped away from the window. The stacks of papers on his desk rose like skyscrapers. Once upon a time, those stacks had been much taller, a trend he wished he could blame entirely on Benning, but he couldn't. Nowadays, a generation of do-it-yourselfers preferred to muddle their way through a tax form than pay someone who actually knew what he was doing. Millennials. No wonder most of the accountants Stryker knew were going out of business. If the industry were a spreadsheet, it would be insolvent. The debits were far outweighing the assets. He pulled out his desk drawer, revealing the pack of cigarettes and lighter he had hidden behind the boxes of staples. He stuck a butt in his mouth, lit it and took a slow drag, blowing the smoke across the room and watching it circle beneath the room's smoke detector. He was glad he had Hugo Lurch dismantle the thing after the village banned smoking on the public sidewalks. The government seemed to be cracking down on everything, drinking, smoking. A man couldn't even comment on how a woman looked these days. It's getting harder and harder just to have a little fun. Still, Stryker enjoyed the sneaking around, the secrets. He took another drag of his cigarette. He sat down at his desk and leaned back in his chair. His thoughts turned to Benning. In two short years, the guy had managed to charm an entire incorporated village. How? Benning was new and handsome, and people liked new and handsome, plus he was a Manhattanite, which most people in Long Island viewed as royalty. Since his arrival, Benning had been elected Chamber of Commerce president, named Merchant of the Year, and given the Consensus Civility Award from the mayor, who seemed taken with the village's new wonder boy and his magical powers of deduction. Stryker picked up a pen, wrote Benning on his desk planner, and stared at it, as if trying to decode a message, his pen point pressing into the letter G like the end of a blade. There was talk that Benning was settling setting the stage for some kind of run for political office. Carpetbagger. Stryker could imagine a place as conservative as Gardenia, electing, couldn't imagine a place as Conservative as Gardenia electing a liberal like Benning, no matter how handsome he was, but stranger things had happened. His cell phone rang and he looked at the caller ID. It was Gloria, probably wanting to know when he'd be home, as if tonight would be any different from the night before and the night before that. He sighed and let it go to voicemail. He wiggled his mouse, which lit up the computer screen, and opened his email to compose a quick note. As he typed, he felt a twinge in his groin and smiled. He pressed send, and as the words disappeared from his screen, there was a knock on his office door. Stryker jammed his cigarette into the paperweight on his desk and tossed the butt onto the plastic floor guard below. Come in, he said, waving his hand at the smoke and crossing his legs to hide his bulge. The door opened and Paulette stuck in her head. I'm leaving, Kirk. Colby's file's done. I left it on Eva's desk. She shook her head. That thing was a mess as usual. Half the financial statements were missing. And after six years of coming to us, he still doesn't know how to itemize or the difference between equipment and supplies. That's why he has you, Paulette, Stryker said with a smile. Lucky me, she leaned against the doorframe. Anyhow, everyone else is gone besides Sandy and me. Do you need anything? I can order from the Chinese place before I go. Nah, I'm only going to stay for a couple more hours. All right, then I'll see you in the morning. "'Thanks, Paulette. See you tomorrow.' He leaned across his desk so he could see Sandra picking up her handbag from her desk in the outer office. Good night, Sandy,' she waved. Paulette shut off the light in the main office, turning the entire second floor dark except for Stryker's office, which was illuminated by a small desk lamp. He bent down and picked up the mangled butt he dropped on the floor. The ash was still lit, and he blew on it until it burned brightly and stood again next to the window.' Downstairs, the tops of two heads appeared and bobbed their way across the street towards Stevie's, the overpriced pub where Sandra and Paulette grabbed a nightcap most evenings. Hiring Paulette eight years ago was the best business decision Stryker had ever made. She was smart, confident, well-liked. Stryker knew Benning had been wooing Paulette since he opened for business, which made sense. Paulette was Stryker's most requested tax advisor, and alone probably pulled in a third of the firm's income. It was time, he knew, to make her a partner. He couldn't hold off any longer, not with Benning around. Stryker turned the page of his desk planner. He had a meeting with Colby first thing in the morning, and taxes were just the tip of the iceberg of things they had to discuss. He crossed the room to collect the Colby file from Eva's desk in the outer office, but was startled by the silhouette of a person standing in the doorway. Before his eyes could focus in the semi-darkness, he heard a pop and felt a searing pain in the center of his chest— What the, he yelled, lashing out, but his body convulsed, and he fell backwards, slamming his head into the corner of the desk. So that is our first chapter. Uh, I really like how she kind of starts out with a bang, and I have a feeling, um, just kind of being about 10% in, that... She started with a bang and is now going to kind of backtrack and explain the characters and wrap it around uh this event of this mysterious guest with striker. Um, I really like books that grab you from the beginning. I can pay attention to a certain point if it starts out kind of slow and builds up characters, but I find myself, I have way more of a span if you just come right out with it and then uh, build it up around it. So I'm pretty excited about how the book is laid out. Um, I hope that you guys enjoy it and kind of an exciting giveaway opportunities that we've started. Um, we, every month, whoever is picking out our monthly book, they're going to buy the hard copy and that'll be the book that they're using. So we're going to have all the nice page bends in it. Uh, (laughs) But we've decided that the drug dealing bookers were going to autograph the book and then do monthly giveaways. And one of our listeners um, will get our book of the month with all of our autographs. So that's something you're interested in. um, Go watch our Instagram page or Facebook page. It's not too late to enter our one for this book in the red by Dina Santorelli. And I hope that you guys are enjoying our podcast. Um, Please send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much. Bye.